Welcome to the Christian Worship Center podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you. Visit us online at cwcbayarea.com for service times and directions. Amen. Let's go ahead and dig into God's Word. Hebrews chapter 4. If you could just open up your Bibles with me, and if not, it's okay. We have the scripture up on the screen there. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 1. And I'm reading from the message version. And it says this, For as long then as the promise of resting in Him pulls us onto God's goal for us. How many of you know that God's got a goal for you? He's pulling you today. Sometimes we hesitate, but as Pastor Dan says, no more delay. We need to be careful, the Lord says, that we're not disqualified. Bless you. We receive the same promises as those people in the wilderness, but the promises didn't do them a bit of good because they didn't receive promises with faith. In the recipe of God's cookbook for your life comes promises with faith. Can't build a cake without eggs or make a cake without eggs. Vegans will argue that. I'm not a vegan. (laughs) And those cakes don't taste good. You're lying. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) Gotta have faith and promise together. Skipping down Hebrews chapter 4, verse 6. Those earlier ones never did get to the place of rest because they were disobedient. God keeps renewing the promise and setting the date as today. Come on, say today. Just as he did in David's psalm, centuries later than the original invitation. Today, please listen. Don't turn a deaf ear. Skipping down even further, Hebrews chapter 8, verse 10, last portion of scripture here. And so this is still a live promise. Come on, if that didn't rattle you, maybe I'll read it again. And I'll try in my best T.D. Jake's voice. And so, no, just like, and so this is still a live promise. It wasn't canceled at the time of Joshua. Come on. Otherwise, God wouldn't keep renewing the appointment for when? For today. The promise of arrival and rest is still there for God's people. How many of God's people we have here? God himself is at rest. And at the end of the journey, we'll surely rest with God. Let's pray. Father, help in Jesus' name. That was a that was a test there. Go ahead. You can have your seats this morning. Look at your neighbor and tell them that the promise is not dead. Come on, look at them and say, the promise is not dead. It's alive. Look at your other neighbor and say, did you hear what they said? The promise is not dead. It's alive. I want to speak to you from this subject. I'm going in. How many of you know that you have to get out from where you're at to be able to go in? How many of you know that you have to get out of 2018 
to be able to enter in 2019. That something has to change in our mindset. Something has to change in our spirit. Something has to change in our behavior. Something has to change in our goal setting. Every year at this time, you begin to sense those things in your spirit. That something needs to change. But the, the, the reason why the change is being urged in your spirit is not because God is saying, hurry up, 2019 is coming, you need to lose wait. God is putting this anticipation. God is putting this nudging in your spirit, this thing in your mind and in your heart, because he's telling you that promise is waiting for you. That promise is alive and it is well and it's waiting for you. And he's and so the scripture says that he is pulling you into promise. So God is getting you ready right now as you begin to get ready to leave this year and enter into a new year. Some of you need to get it into your spirit. I'm getting out from where I'm at because I'm getting ready to go in to something else new. Amen. I'm going out. I can't stay here any longer. I can't stay here. I know my finances says that I can't buy a house right now, but I'm still going to go in anyway. I know that this Bay Area, this market is so, so expensive. I don't know if I can live here anymore. And God is saying, I want you to believe for something else new. I want you to believe for something else bigger. Some of you are feeling the, the transition in your heart. You're feeling transition in your spirit and transition is unsettling. It is something that that it doesn't feel comfortable. You just can't go to sleep every single night in peace because there is something nudging you in your mind, something that is bothering you about life, something that is letting you know that there is more for you to do, more for you to experience, more for you to give, more for you to live, more for you to, to share with this world. Chances are, whenever you feel those things in your life, that is God pulling you into promise. God is saying, come on, come on, son, come on, daughter. You got to keep going. You can't stop right there. You can't camp right there. You can't keep staying there. You have to get up. You have to pick yourself up. You got to get off the mat. You got to get back into that ring. You got to keep fighting. I want you to get back up. Pull yourself together and walk like a man. Pull yourself together and be the woman of God that you're called to be. Pull yourself together, family, and believe Leave God for something new. Pull yourself together because I can't stay here any longer. I have to leave. I have to get out. I have to do something. I have to see something. I have to say something. Are you getting it in your spirit? I can't stay here any longer. I'm getting out. Come on. Who's going in? Who's going in? I'm going in. Somebody, how many of you have ever played football? How many of you have ever played football? My, my boy Lebo here played football. And, I, and there was never a day in his life that he got the football in his hand and said, I'm not going in. There, look at this guy. This guy is a Polynesian powerhouse. Okay, his legs are bigger than my head. This guy, there is never a day that he said, I'm not going in. No, heck no. He said, give me that rock. I'm going in. I'm going to run this dude over. And it was nasty when he ran people over. Nasty. I'm going in. You see, you've got to get this in your spirit. I'm going in. I'm going in into something new. Brand new. And some of you feel it already. Some of you have been feeling it for a very long time. I'm going in. 
if you've ever felt something bigger about your life than what you see right now, chances are God is reminding you about promise. If you've ever felt like, you know what, frustrated in life, feeling like life is always throwing something in your way, not feeling peace, maybe even feeling a little agitated, kicking the dog every once in a while. I don't kick my dog. I love my dog. My dog's pretty strong, too. He might mess me up. Feeling a little agitated. Feeling a little bothered by life. Feeling like, man, you know what? Something is, it, it just doesn't feel right. Feeling like maybe, you know what, the path that I was once on, I, I don't see it quite as clear anymore. Wondering about life, who you are, why you are, what you're here to do. And continually just dealing with this frustration. You got to look at it a little bit different. Because what God is trying to do is he's trying to agitate you to promise. He's trying to agitate you to live out your full potential. He's trying to, he's trying, he's setting you up. And sometimes, you know, when you get comfortable, how many of you have ever sat in a bad seat? A bad seat, like a seat that's just uncomfortable. And you just have to get out of that seat and stretch and so that your back can feel like better, you know. And, and, and you know, sometimes in life, it, you know, we're seated too long. Sometimes, sometimes, and, and, and God is saying, you know, I got to pull you into promise. The scripture says that in, in the book of Hebrews, the author says that God is pulling us into promise for our lives. And he's using the story of Israel and the children of Israel when they were taken out of Egypt, they were pulled out of Egypt So that they could enter a land that God had promised them. Because where they were at was not where they were supposed to be. So God intervened in their lives, showed them miraculous things, did some amazing things, pulled them out of Egypt. And we find in the scripture here that they were people of promise. And the Bible says that the promised land was there for them, but not everybody entered in into the promise. The Bible says that they, there were some who did not get in, and they were disqualified. So this, this scripture says that we need to be careful that we do not disqualify ourselves. You know that there is nothing that the enemy can do to you to disqualify you from God's promise. There is nothing that the enemy can surround you with. There is no amount of doubt that he can whisper in your ear. There is no amount of turmoil or storm or destruction that the enemy can throw your way to stop God's promise in your life. The only person that can disqualify themselves from promise is that person you look in in the mirror every morning. That's the only person. So the Bible says because they didn't mix faith in 
with the promise that they were disqualified. Not everyone, but the ones that heard the promise first. And the writer gives us this picture, though, so that we can example this in our own lives. But how many of you know that the promise of, of God, no matter where you're at in life, is still for you? No matter how many, how many of you guys mess up? You, you didn't have to raise your hand. I was just, we all mess up. We all get upset. We all get frustrated. We all blow it. We all, all, we, all of us get some point in our lives where we are just not on our A game. But God has never looked at you a day in your life with any type of disgust. Now, if you're a parent, think about that just for a moment. Sometimes I look at my kids. They're not here right now, so I could say this. But I get disgusted. My daughter was washing a pan yesterday. She used the pan. She cooked with it. She knows she's supposed to put it away. My wife goes and looks at the pan, and there's eggs all over. And then my wife asks her, can you please wash this pan over again? This girl's got attitude. It's a disgusting attitude. She's little. That don't mean anything. The littler they are, the more attitude they have. Amen? Anybody with little girls? So she turns around and looks at my, my wife like, this girl's 11 years old. I'm like, I was like, Lord, I'm disgusted with this girl. My son cannot clean his room, even if Jesus walked in there and told him. I'm being honest. I have to be honest. My wife doesn't want me to say nothing, but I have to be honest. You have to preach truth. You're not going to preach heresy. Come on, girl. Sometimes you get disgusted, right, as parents. But you know that God has never looked at you with disgust. No, God has never said, you know what, that's it. Forget it. You don't get to get in. God has never said, you know what, I, I, I don't believe in you anymore. I, I, God has never said, you know what, you don't count, you don't matter, you're a reject. I'm just going to throw, you know, this storm your way and you're forgotten. God has, God has never thought that about you ever. In fact, Jesus always believes in you. Jesus always says you can do it. Jesus always knows that you can do it. Jesus says rely on my strength. Jesus says that even though the storm is around you, I can calm the storm. Jesus always believes in you. That's the beautiful thing about God. This same God that we read about in the Bible, this same God that we read about in this story, the same God that took the Red Sea and parted it, the same God who rescued millions of Israelites out of the grips and the, and, and the control of the Egyptians, this same God is on your side. Come on, say same God. He's the same God. He has not changed. Your circumstances may have caused your faith to change, but he has not changed. The, the, the problem that you're facing right now, the situation that is breaking your heart, the, 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 the dysfunction that maybe you have, the, 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 the heartbreak that you have had, the, the loss that you have taken, God has not changed. God is still with you. Say, same God. 
The same God that we see in the Bible is the same God that is here with you today. The same God that believed in Israel is the same God that believes in you. The same God that rescued them is the same God that can rescue you. The same God that hung on a cross and then rose again three days later. That same God, in fact, that same power lives inside each and every single one of you. The same God. Say the same God. The same promise. The same promise. His, his word toward you. Matter of fact, his word over you. The word he declares over you. Not just the word that he declared over you, but the word that he declares over you right here, right now, in this service, this very moment. The word that God is declaring over you right now is reminding you that he has not done with you, that your dream is not over, that there is still something bigger in you, something bigger about about you, something that is great that you have to live. And until you live it, until you do it, until you achieve it, until you show up, this world is not as good as when you show up with your promise. You have to release your gift. You have to walk in your ministry. You have to be the best parent that you can be. You have to be the best husband, the best wife. Why? Because God has declared this over your life. God is not looking for perfect people. God is looking for available people. People that say, you know what? I'm not going to stay here any longer. I'm going in. The same promise. Same God, the same promise. But how many of you know that sometimes you go through life and you go through things that you weren't quite expecting? You, you, you go through hurts that you didn't even know that you can hurt like this. You go through pains that you didn't even know that this kind of pain could feel this way. Dark moments, moments of depression. Christians get depressed, too. I'll be real with you. I've been there. Christians get discouraged. If you're human, you get discouraged. You, you, you lose passion about life sometimes. You feel the heartbreak and the pain and the disappointment sometimes that people or life or circumstances how they affect you. And you find yourself maybe in a different place. What you once believed, you no longer see. And what you see right now is no longer hope. And you find yourself maybe in a different place. Different than you could ever imagine. Different than you could ever see and and feel. And you're like, God, wait a minute, God. Why am I feeling this way? Why am I here? Why, why do I have to experience? God, I believed in you. I believe in you now. But God, why am I enduring this in my life? Why does it have to go this way, God? It's a different place. He's still God of the different places. He's still God even when you can't track him. He's still God even when you can't trust him. Because there comes a point in your life where you will feel like you can't trust God. I've been there. He's still God, though. 
And even when you can't trust, and even when you can't track, and even when it's hard to scrounge up the amount of faith just to make it one day, he still says, come on, just get up, son. Just get up, daughter. I'm here with you. I believe in you. You got this. There's never a day that he looks at you with any kind of disgust. As we read this scripture today, I'm just going to give you three points. Because maybe where you're at right now, you may be at one of these three different places through this story. And I'm not going to expound entirely on the book of Joshua because we don't have um, the time. And I know you guys are all hungry. I'm hungry too. I'm trying to make you laugh because they say once you tell somebody something funny, you can tell them anything. How many for in and out? Amen. Joseph, I got you covered. You may find yourself at one of these three places. And as we look at this scripture, it's found in the book of Hebrews, but the story is actually found in the book of Joshua. And we're not going to go there. I want to encourage you to maybe start the year by reading this particular portion of Scripture so that you can get maybe some more detail and just some more um, clarity on things on on your own life. But um, the first thing that I want to say about this particular portion of Scripture is that the children of Israel found themselves in the wilderness. And the wilderness is a very wild place. It's a wild place. It's a wild place because it's a place of continual chaos. The wilderness, just like the word wild is chaotic, this this phase or this place in life is chaotic. It is chaotic because there's continual murmuring. There's continual bickering. There's continual fighting and discomfort and dissatisfaction It's unfulfillment. It is an unrelenting feeling of incompleteness. How many of you you have ever gotten the letter I as a grade in school? A letter I. That's worse than an F, okay? I remember the first time I got a letter I. I thought the teacher was calling me idiot. Yeah, she did. I had a teacher to call me worse, but that's another sermon. The letter I. I tried. I turned in the work. But the work was incomplete. Something was missing in the paper that I was supposed to include. Something was not turned in that was supposed to be turned in. Or I might have turned it in late. I didn't turn it in when I was supposed to. And so when I got the paper back, I got an incomplete grade. I didn't fail, but I didn't succeed. And there's something about not, getting where, not being where you're at, but not being where you were. 
And so here is the place of the wilderness, because the wilderness is full of feeling incomplete. It's full of feeling like I tried, but I didn't make it. Something is missing. I, I, I feel like something is not right. And that is the place of the wilderness. The wilderness always reminds you that there is something yet to be done that you haven't done yet. The wilderness reminds you, wait a minute, I don't have the comfort of Egypt, but I don't have the promise in my hand. I am somewhere stuck in this place of repetitive chaos of repetitive of peace that is not that I can't seem to grab it is this place of of continual transition and this feeling of disgust and this feeling of why I can't figure out life why is it that I feel this way because that is the place of the wilderness God will continually remind you when there is something incomplete in your life. He will always deal with the incompleteness of your spirit. He will always deal with the incompleteness of your mind. He will always deal with the incompleteness of your heart. And thank God that he never gives up on us. The wilderness. The wilderness is the place where you have become convinced about life. Something about life. Something other than God's plan for your life. It is that place. The wilderness is the place where you have become convinced about something more than God's plan for your life. And we all do it. We all do it with careers. We all do it with businesses. We all do it with relationships. We all do it with money. We all do it with whatever it is that's thrown our way. And God wants you to be more convinced with his plan for your life more than anything else. I love that my mom raised us up and said all the time, God said it, I believe it, and that settles it. She made sure that she would routinely say that in our home and get that into our spirit. God said it, I believe it, and that settles it. And so, you know what? God wants to pull you out of the wilderness. If you are convinced that you don't count, then you are in the wilderness. If you are convinced more that God is looking at your failure versus God is looking at your future then you are in the wilderness. If you're tired and sick and tired of being frustrated, if you feel like you're in a whirlwind of transition, if you are feeling the pain and the chaos of the wilderness, it's time for you to say, I can't live here anymore. I've got to get out. Living convinced about something other than God's plan. That is the place of the wilderness. The second place that I want to talk to you about through this story is the water. This is the place of transition. The Jordan in this story was the last barrier between the people where they were at and where they were supposed to be. It was the last barrier. It was this this place that they were at. The Jordan River was at flood stage. That means that the water was running over the banks. And the water was, there, here are these children that have heard the stories about parting a Red Sea. Maybe even some of them saw it. And they walk up, and they're getting ready to get to the other side. And here is this huge river. And this river is at storm. It's not calm. It's not a stream. Okay? It's not a slip and slide. This is a huge river, and it's, the, the torrent is, is rapid, and, it's, and it's, it's raging. And God says, you know what? I want you to go over the river tomorrow. 
Now, if I'm in my right mind, I'm saying, God, can we just do that like six months from now? Can we just hold up on this? Can we, wait, wait, God, do you see that water? I don't swim, God. Anybody not swim? I feel bad for you. I feel bad. <laughs> you got to swim. You got to get. Here is God saying, I want you to do this. And I want you to do this right now. What do you do when God asks you to do something that doesn't make sense? You're at the place of transition. You've heard the saying, this is where the rubber meets the road. Well, this is where the faith gets put into action. This is where everything you hear up here every Sunday, everything you sing about, comes to the table and it's time to play with that deck. This is where everything you hear becomes to go into motion. It's the place of transition. Transition is really, really tricky, especially when you've been raised in church all of your life. Because you will want to depend on mommy and daddy's faith, but at some point, son or daughter, you have to have your own faith. At some point, you've got to work it out yourself. Paul said, I work out my own salvation. At some point, you have to say, you know what? This has to be real in my life, and this has to be active in my life. I can't depend I'm not saying that you can't depend on anybody else's faith. Sometimes I depend on my wife's faith. But at some point, that has to trigger and turn into something where it's like, okay, I'm owning this, and this is part of me now. At some point, you have to own your promise. The Jordan River was at flood stage, and God said, I want you to cross this thing tomorrow. And so they showed up to the Jordan River and nothing was happening. But the time that something happened, the time when the water began to split is when they began to take that first step. How many of you know that the first step is always the toughest step? Because sometimes you don't see the sidewalk. Sometimes you don't see where you're going to put your foot. Sometimes you don't see where you're going to put where your le- where your foot's going to land. And, but but can you take that step anyway? If if God asks you, I want you to walk away from your business and I want you to do something different. Could you still do it? If God says, you know what, I want to take this very precious thing from you, and I want to take it, and I want to take it away from you temporarily. Could you do it? If God says, I want to move you from this place to next, could you do it? Can you follow God even when you can't track him or trust him? This is the place of transition. What is the place of transition? The place of transition is the place where you make your mind up. See, there's too many Christians who have not made their mind up. There's too many, there's too many flaky believers, okay? They, they're, they're flaky believers because the wind blows them to and fro. They see the smallest amount of storm, and they start giving up. They, they, have, they get a hangnail, right, Pastor Dan? They get a hangnail, and then they start not coming to church like I used to. <laughs> That's what Pastor Dan used to say to me. I was really at the Raider games, <laughs>
It's the place where you make your mind up. That mind, that in this, you know what? People can take a lot of change, but one thing that is hard for them to change is to change their mind. It's continual work. Taking every thought captive that does not belong there. I can't afford to have a thought in my mind that he does not have about me. It's taking every thought captive. Listen to this. It's impossible to have sure feet without a mind that is made up. In any arena in life, it is impossible to have sure feet without a mind that is made up. It is impossible to be uh, to have sure feet as a husband without a mind made up. It is impossible to have sure feet in business without your mind made up. It is impossible to have sure feet in, in, in marriage or, or wherever you're at in life. It is impossible to have sure feet without your mind made up. Mind made up about God. Mind made up that I'm going to follow him even when it doesn't make sense. I'm going to take the first step, even though I don't see where my foot is going to land. Omaha, can I have your help? The last place is the rock. The Bible says that as they crossed over, the very next place that the children of Israel had to deal with was a place that is identified as Gilgal. Gilgal in Hebrew means circle. There, it, it means rolling away because this is where God took away the reproach. He rolled away the reproach of Israel. Where they had messed up in the wilderness. God is rolling away the reproach. This is the place of cutting away. And the Bible says that what God did, the very next moment after they crossed over, can you imagine getting into Disneyland and holding your kids right there at the gate? That's wrong. That's child abuse. It's child abuse, right? I mean, there's Mickey... There's, there's, there's many. There's Stitch. And you just can't wait to get inside. They can see the land. They crossed over. They're being 40 years in the wilderness. They finally crossed over and God says, wait. We have to do something. Joshua, I want you to take all the men and I want you to circumcise them. These are not babies. Lord, have mercy. Some of these are adult men. And if you know what circumcision is, this is not a happy time. God says, I I, I need to We need to make sure that we establish the sign of the covenant here. The covenant. That something needs to be cut off. Something needs to die. Because 2,000 years, or maybe 1,500 years later, 
that Jesus would die on a cross for you and me. But not to die to stay dead, to rise up once again. So there's sacrifice. There's a covenant. There's blood that is spilled. Joshua circumcises the men of Israel. And God says, now let them heal here. Because you can't move on until you heal. There's enemies in the place that they're in now. So God takes them across a river on dry land to cut them with the rock. Why does God cut us in life? Why does God allow certain heartbreaks, certain things not to work out? Why does, why does God hold us back? Because sometimes when you're a child, you can't handle the adult blessing. Your, your dream is mature, but maybe you're not mature yet. And so there's some healing that needs to take place. And there's some rewiring of your mind. There's some, some perception things. There's some things that need to change about you that are personal, that are deep. That sin, that behavior, that hurt from when you were a little boy. That pain from when you were a little girl. God says, you know what? You don't need that anymore. I want to cut it away. I need to cut it away because it's not helping you. You will never be able to embrace all that I have for you if that is still a part of your life. You'll never be able to, to, to experience the fullness of the promise until I get that part taken out. We all have something that needs to be cut. Every single one of us. Every single one of us. Some of those things are very clear to you and some things are not so clear. But I tell you this, that Gilgal is the place where you come full circle. That all of a sudden, everything begins to make sense. Everything begins to make sense. JT, we're ready. Come on, let's just go. Everything begins to make sense. Why you went through what you went through. Why you keep feeling the way you're feeling. Why is it, God, that I can't get over this hump? Why is it I'm stuck in this battle all the time? God, why do I keep dealing with this pain, God? Why do I keep feeling like I'm missing out? Why do I keep feeling, God, like there's something more? Why do I feel, God, so unhappy? How come I don't have joy like I used to, God? How come I don't have peace like I used to, God? Where is my passion, God? Where is my vision, God? Why is my family falling apart, God? Why is this happening? God is saying, listen, you're feeling the cut, and I'm trying to get deep because I want to heal you in those places that you've been protective of. I'm trying to heal you. I'm trying to do something that you don't see, that you don't understand, because I've got something so big for you. I've got something so huge for you to live out, and you don't need what you're holding on to. All you need is me. God is saying, all you need is me. All you need is me. I don't need a million dollars. It would be nice, but I don't need a million dollars. 
I don't need to have the best car. I don't have to have the best shoes. These are $29.99. All I need is God. God takes him to that place, Gilgal, to cut away things that were not needed so that they could embrace everything that God had for them. This is a lid. And it holds our Christmas stuff, trinkets, whatever. It holds it in. Protects them. Keeps them from falling out, getting lost, getting broken. Lids are good for Christmas stuff and, and all that. But lids are terrible in life. And sometimes what happens is you're in life and there's a lid in front of you. In fact, in each one of these places that was described today, there's a lid. In the wilderness, there's a lid. In the Jordan, there's a lid. And even in Gilgal, there's still a lid. And God says, you know what? I've got to get you to the place where you say, I can't stay here anymore. I've got to get out of here. There is no peace here. There is, there's, there's nothing but chaos here. There's nothing but, there's nothing but turmoil here. I, I'm trying to do it on my own here. And, and, and it's the place of the wilderness. And then, and then there's the place of, of, of the Jericho. And it's like, how come my faith can't break past this point? God, I'm not seeing anything. I'm not seeing it. I'm not feeling anything. And God is saying, well, that's the, that's, that's the point. You keep trying to see and you keep trying to feel. Why don't you just step? God is trying to get you to that place. If you're at the Jordan, you say, I need to get to the other side, but how come I can't get to the other side? God's saying, just take a step. And then there's the place of Gilgal that has a lid. And God is saying, I I need to cut you. I need to cut this thing off your life, this disbelief off your life. This, this, this heartache off your life, that pain, that, 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 that issue that you have in your life, that, that, that sin in your life. I, I need to cut it away because you can't obtain what I have for you with this a part of your life. You don't need it anymore. Let it go. You'll never be able to obtain what is here with the lid in your life. And I'm going to ask Pastor Dan to close out 2018. I'm going to ask Pastor Dan to release the lid. To ask God to just lift that lid off your life. And you know what it is that lid is. You might have lids. It's okay. You're all right. You're in the best place. I'm praying that 2019 for your life is a lid-lifting year for you, for everything about your life. You get to experience all 
that God has for you in 2019. I'm in. I'm going in. How many people are going in? You're going in. I want you all to stand to your feet for a moment. I don't know about you, but I hate being told I can't go to certain places. I remember one time going to a football game. I was given sideline passes, and Ange and I were walking on the field, and one of the security guards stopped me. And he told me, he goes, you can't go there. All I did was look at him and said, I'm with Kevin. The moment I said that, I had access now to areas that weren't open to me before. See, I need you to understand the enemy's trying to lock you off from certain areas. All you got to say is, I'm with Jesus. And the fact that you're with with Jesus, certain areas open up to you. The thing about Gilgal that is, is troubling is that you have to trust the person that's cutting you. You're in a vulnerable position. Can you trust God to cut away areas of your life that you've been holding on to? That hurt, that pain, that damage, that struggle that you've gone through. And many of us have been holding on to things for so long that we're afraid to trust God to cut away those things. But God is telling you this. I can't take you to a new place connected to old things. Many of us are trying to hold on to things in our lives and God's saying, I need to cut that away from you in order to take you to a new level. What things are you holding on to that need to be cut away? What things are you connected to that you need to cut away? So the Bible says that the men didn't go into the promised land until they were healed. So too many people are moving without being healed. You're leaving marriages, churches, ministries, relationships, families, jobs before you've been healed. Moving's okay. Just make sure you do it when you're healed. Do it right. Thank you for downloading this message. For more information on our church, visit us at cwcbayarea.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash CWC Bay Area.